Sometimes you get this look in your eyes like you're so hurt. Oh, look, you're really pouting right now. Oh, and all of a sudden your phone is lighting up. Six women who hate my guts are calling you right now. Please. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. You shouldn't have come back, Flynn. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Sit right there. Make yourself comfortable. challenge for you, Sark. A new recruit. He's a tough case, but I want him treated in the usual manner. Train him for the games, let him hope for a while, and blow him away. It's time I'd level with you. I'm what you guys call a user. You're a user? I take a wrong turn somewhere. You should have joined me! We'd have made a great team! You're very persistent, Tron! I'm also better than you! Who's that guy? That's Tron. He fights for the users. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com. And today, 28 years later... We finally cover Tron. On the other side of the screen, it all looks so easy. We made it this far. With me as always, he's my favorite movie going buddy, Times Pop Music critic Sean Daly. That's right. And, and Steve and I went to the movies this past weekend to see Tron Legacy. And as we're walking into the theater, we see a couple, a man and a woman that we work with, Coming out of uh, Black Swan, I believe they were seeing, and they're like, oh, and they're all romantical and everything like that, and you and I are walking in, like, we're, we're kind of a couple, too, and they're like, yeah, we just saw Black Swan, the hippest movie in all the land. What are you guys going to go see? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> And you're like, Tron Legacy. <laughs> and already it just set up the, the entire thing, and we go into Tron. And you, um, mm. you um, found it uh, fascinating was, and mind-boggling. I was titillated. And uh, I got the head bobs. I did. Aww. I fell asleep five or six times with violent head bobs like I was back in math class again. So bad that the guy sitting to my right up and walked out. Of the, uh, he did? Yeah, he moved. He moved. And he left his girlfriend there. Like He was like, bro, forget this. You know, because I'm, like, I'm like twitching and I'm trying to... That said... That said, <laughs> I, I enjoyed Tron Legacy 2 for the parts I was awake. How about that for a ringing endorsement? Great. Yeah, but before we get into this, we're talking about all sort, all things Tron today. We have a very special guest, a Disney expert, Lou Mangiello, coming up in a little bit. But first of all, Stephen Q. Spears, for people who aren't in the know, in the sci-fi know, will tell you the plot of the original 1982 Tron from Disney and the plot of the 2000, or 2010 uh, um, Tron Legacy, which also from Disney, which you just saw. So, yes. Steve, hit him with it. And I will be earnest, and I will not make fun of any of your nerdery. <laughs> Foreshadow. Okay, so 28 years ago today, or thereabouts, Tron is, is bestowed upon Geek Nation. Although we didn't know we were Geek Nation then, but Tron would make it happen. Here's the idea. Uh... Tron is an 82 movie, combination live action and computer-generated animation, a first for Disney at that time. Yeah, about- I, the whole live action, not very lively. But sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my tongue, Steve. It's Continue. not the A-team, my friend. <laughs> it's not the A-team, okay? It's about a hacker named Flynn, played by the great Jeff Bridges. What? What's so no, funny go, about keep, Flynn? Keep, keep going. No, I'm just, I, I love you. I adore you. I adore you. Keep Flynn going. is played by the great Jeff Bridges, Oscar-winning Jeff Bridges, not for Tron, no, sadly. No, Overlooked. Overlooked. Flynn is an angry man, Sean Daly. (laughs) 
Uh, what is that Sean Daly? Like, I'm an angry man, the happiest man in the whole wide world. Uh, yeah, so Flynn is furious. At his former employer, yeah, a be- software company called Incom, because a co-worker named Dillinger, played by the great David, David Warner, Warner, stole some of his video games that Flynn had designed. David Warner's best role? What, what movie? Time Bandits. I didn't like Time Bandits. No, he's great at Time uh, Bandits. I really can't stand Time Bandits. What? You're such a giant sci-fi fantasy loser, no. and you don't like Time no, Bandits? No, wait a minute now. Let me back up there for a second. Sci- don't loop in fantasy with sci-fi all oh. the time. You know what? I don't have time for this. Willow, <laughs> for example, is not a sci-fi movie. It is a fantasy movie. You are great. I love Willow, by the way. <laughs> all right, keep going. Come on, try it. Anyway, so Kevin Dil- Flynn has his uh, computer game stolen. By Dillinger. And by Dillinger, and has to thrust himself into a video game. Yes, he thrust himself into a video game because Dillinger stole his goods, man. Dillinger's rich. You know, he controls the company. Flynn's running an arcade now. Hell yeah, you hack into the company. What would you do? Oh my God. You'd have you're, me hack into the company for so, you. You're so vitriolic. So he does it. So what happens, ooh, though? He gets sucked in. Ooh, I yes. think it makes that noise, too. Ooh. That doesn't make that noise. You made. <laughs> what are you doing when you're making that noise? You're making a hand gesture that the ladies would like to know about. No, I'm not. That was like, ooh. That was like lasers, twin lasers coming at you. Uh huh. That's a different hand gesture, <laughs> by the way, for the record. So the whole point is that now Encom is protected by the big nasty master control program, yeah. which detects Flynn breaking in, sucks him into the computer grid, where Flynn is now forced to play video games to save his life. To save his life. And then, and hence, so when he's in the game, this is the one of the first movies that ever used CGI, computer-generated yeah. images. Yeah, and he runs into the computer avatar versions of his friends on the outside, Bruce Boxleitner and uh, the great Cindy Morgan. Lacey Underall. From Caddyshack. Yeah, right. Keeps your clothes on in this movie, though. But here's what I don't understand is that their doppelgangers are also in the game and just happen to look like them. Would right. you have them played by someone else? No, but that was a little flimsy. Like, Flynn oh, gets sucked in, so of course it looks like him, because the laser sucked him in. But why would the other people look Well, because like Tron is a program that is run by by Bruce, so why should it not look like Bruce? All right, all right, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. Now, we it's both important admit, not to nitpick Now, we both much. admit that the original Tron sucks. No, we don't. Yes, we both no, admit no. that. No, no, back up. I, I loved the first Tron. You did not. I Here's did. the thing. No, this is I'm it's calling a, it's a crap movie, it's but it's very revolutionary. I'll give Disney that. It was a revolutionary movie, CGI, but it, it, there's no there's there's no blood or, or, or story. What do you need blood for in a movie? Oh my god. Blood in a movie. <laughs> I've blood in the studio. Yeah, I know. Here's minutes. the whole point, nerd boy. You're boy. No, oh my god, you're the world's biggest nerd. No, no. Well, first of all, yes. This movie did set me on a path towards wanting to be a hacker like Flynn. Oh, you're a and, hack, all right. <laughs> yeah. And I did it did inspire my my love of computers that continues your to stay. Your love of but uh, you know being what? alone and masturbating in yeah, your room. Speaking of being alone, <laughs> Pixar boy, Uh-oh. your boy John Lasseter, who <gasps> used to run up Pixar, he states that this movie is what gave him the inspiration to see the potential of CGI imagery in I'm movies. Actually, I'm actually welling up right now. I'm sorry. I love Tron. Tron's the greatest movie of all time. This is John sp- Lasseter is my guy. Tron equals Pixar. No, Tron doesn't equal Pixar. Tr- without P- Tron, there's no Pixar. We'd still be watching uh, Beauty and the Beast. You know Beast. what I noticed about Tron? You had to have really good teeth to star in Tron. Because once they're in the video game... The, black lights. All the black lights and the dumbass lighting on the costumes and stuff like that. Your teeth are like... <sighs> ooh, like you know what? That's the, that's, <laughs> can I say something here? Right. That is the most shallow observation I could have possibly expected. No, you had to have good teeth to star in Tron. That, that should be on the poster for the movie. Okay, moving on. 28 years later, Tron ah. Legacy comes out because Disney sees an opportunity in 1982. We all had Pac-Man fever. And in 2010, we all have, what, Halo. <laughs> and and uh, teeth whitening has been advanced by 28 years. It has years. been advanced. So all of the actors have fantastic teeth in this exactly. new one, too. Tell us about Tron Legacy. What happened? Jeez, I'm so upset. I'm, I'm going to get through it, though. I'm going I'm to rise above it. I have a feeling the rest of the show, we're really going to get along. Yeah, it's, this is giving me the worst of it right here. So the, the idea in Tron Legacy is that uh, it, it starts two years after the original Tron ends, and Flynn is still in charge of NCOM, and he has a, a young son, the adorable Sam, who he tells the tales of being on the grid and with his doppelganger clue and his friend Tron and 
promises to take the young lad in with him someday. But that very night, he disappears, never to be heard from again. <laughs> what are you doing? This is the part in the movie where... Oh, sorry, this is three bud. minutes hey, into it. Sorry, buddy. Whoa, three hey, minutes. My neck in. hurt from the head bobs. You ever do that when you're falling asleep and you keep like twitching and you like put you cross your legs and you're like, I was like moved. Up. Couldn't you tell? Happens when I read certain concert reviews. Wow, wow, you're so angry. All right, so then, so so the whole point is that uh, now Sam, 28 years later, is a as a young adult, yeah, playing pranks on his dad's old company. Whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, and then once again, of course, gets sucked into the computer. He grid. gets sucked into the grid as well, yep. and to to free his father. So here's the thing: Tron Legacy uh, is actually a, a, a pretty good movie because it bothered to have a story. No, that's not and true. And it bothered at all. to have heart and blood and 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 a soul. And it's all about a son trying to reconnect with his father. No, the original Tron was just about ooh look. No, it was just about stupid looking uh, robots or whatever they were in a video game. This, you know what? This was a story of a father and a son trying to connect uh, uh, physically on a human level in cyberspace. And that's beautiful. It's a metaphor for the 21st century. You couldn't be more wrong. Now, the whole point is... The reason you didn't get the first movie, aside from the fact that you only watched it, what, three days ago, is the idea that in the first movie is taking place in a cyber world that has yet to even exist in anybody's minds. 1982, nobody owns a personal computer. You know what I like about the Tron movies? Besides the teeth? The light cycles. (laughs) The motorcycles. They're cool, too. Are you you're, done? You're with like that character synopsis? in A Christmas Story. I like Santa Claus. <laughs> I, I like, like the Wizard of Oz. I like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's, what, that's who you are, Sean Daly. All right, so is there anything else to tell us about? Uh, All right, so in Tron Legacy, he does connect with his father. Um, his father, who created this world, this cyber world, uh, what happened is it, it ran amok, and his doppelganger, Clue, so Jeff Bridges, like real Jeff Bridges, real time is there, but his doppelganger, right. Clue, that was invented 28 years ago. Magic of a digital facelift that Hollywood gives Jeff and Bridges. And looks like a 35-year-old Jeff right. Bridges, which is absolutely, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, what they did, I think, is they, they actually made like a you know cast of Jeff Bridges' face, mm-hmm. and then literally gave that latex mask a facelift. Started shooting it, and everyone. And when Jeff Bridges acted as Clue, he had to wear a special helmet that uh, monitored his facial features. Oh, did he? Yeah. So I thought the Clue was all computer generated. That was no, actually him. That's acting. actually him. And um, there's another actor that did some of the stunts, but but Jeff Bridges' face work is him. Oh, that's cool. And they um they did it that way. It's it's brilliant. I thought. Yeah, it's good. It's a good kid movie. It's a good kid movie. No, I don't think a kid gets this movie. What it's the the, the Sam the Garrett Headland uh, the actor plays Sam. I mean he you know does all sorts of wacky you yeah know, yeah but it's still it's a little too zen like a little too zen like for kiddies. Knock on the sky and hear the sound. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really really good when I wasn't passed out. I was what? pinching myself. I was like massaging what and manipulating myself what? to try to stay awake. God. I drank a big giant Coke. I ate some popcorn, but nothing. That's sad. This yeah. is like the most important podcast we've done in five years, and you, <laughs> and you years. weren't you weren't awake. For I guarantee it. this is not the most important podcast. But here we go. All right, so we're disagreeing on on Tron Legacy. Now I'm going to bring in a ringer. Okay. okay, and I guarantee he agrees with me, or maybe not. But anyway, this young man is named Lou Mangello. And Lou is not affiliated necessarily with Walt Disney World. They don't pay him. And yet he is probably one of their greatest assets because Lou goes up there, lives in Naples, about three hours south, two hours south of here. And he goes up to Disney World and all the parks a couple uh, days a week. And he's just everything. He, he, he publishes this beautiful magazine called Celebrations. He does a live uh, podcast. He does a radio show called WDW Radio. You can look it up on Facebook or on the Internet. Lou is all things Disney. Okay, he's the greatest PR man without making those big bucks. And so now I'm going to bring Lou in and Lou is going to clear up who's right about the whole Tron thing. Nerd, not nerd. Daly's cool. Spears is a dork. Are you ready? Bring it on, buddy. Here we go. Our interview with the great Lou Mangiano. Is this the great Lou Mangello on the line? Is this the awesome Sean Daly on the line? It is indeed. It is indeed. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, buddy. How you doing? Are you? Uh, how many times have you been to Disney World yet this week? Uh, just twice. Really? 
It's a slow week, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, well, thanks for calling us uh, today. We have uh, with me, of course, is the lovely and talented uh, Stephen Q. Spears. Am I also the only one here who doesn't have a Disney annual pass? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so um, it looked great up there. It looks great at Disney. I was at Epcot recently, and it's beautiful there. Um, have you, uh, I, I think you've seen all the, uh, the lovely lands up there for the holidays? Yeah, I mean, I love going to Disney for the holidays. Completely different experience. And clearly they have the Trona Rail now. They have the Trona Rail. Have you ridden that? I've been on the Trona Rail because it's been going around seemingly forever. I mean, they've been promoting this movie pretty hard for, for like three years. So Yeah, well, Steve and I went. We saw the movie um, uh, last weekend together, the two of us. Did we share a popcorn, Steve? We did. No, we got no, separate popcorn. Different, <laughs> different butter. I couldn't do my popcorn trick like in Diner. But <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the new movie? I um I too went you know I went at midnight I went at twelve oh one the night it opened because I've had to you know renew my key card uh, and and look like the first one I I came out of it saying it's just visually stunning you know it's not about the story but it's a beautiful movie to watch but Lou I can I, I know you and I can hear in your voice that you weren't like the first movie you weren't maybe sold on the story well because I think both movies aren't really about the story I think. You know, like the original, uh, you know, the story kind of was vague, a little bit of best, uh, sometimes here and there. I think what catapulted the first one, what made it so popular, was that fascination of being sort of thrust into the video game world. Remember, 1982, video games were just, you know, crazy. They were on the cover of Time magazine, and every kid was playing an arcade. Now we sort of are being immersed in that world, so it's more about the visuals. So I think that's what really sells the movie as opposed to the story and maybe the pacing sometimes. T- take us back to 1982, Lou, and talk to us about what, what is Tron's place in, in Disney's history? What, what role does it prove? I mean, how, what, what, what role did this movie play in the 80s as far as Disney goes? Well, I, I don't think certainly that it rose to the level of you know, what was going to be coming in the next few years with that renaissance of Disney animation. I think like the 2010 version of Tron Legacy, it appealed to uh, a very sort of specific niche. Not everybody in the world loved Tron. You know, it wasn't for everybody. It certainly was probably more for boys than it was for girls. Uh, it didn't have the success of, like, A Little Mermaid or whatever that was going to come out a few years later. I think for a lot of people, they almost forgot that it was a Disney movie because sometimes the live-action films get lost in the shuffle, because when you think of Disney, you think of these classically animated uh, traditional Disney films. Um, where does it fit in the Disney legacy? I don't know. Um, I, again, I don't think it's the best film they ever made. I don't think it's the best live-action film they ever made. Um, I, I think it was, a, a like you said, John, a, a brilliant and bold move on their part 20-some-odd years later to come out with the sequel for it. And certainly, uh, it's reinvigorated uh, an interest in the original. I mean, you can't even find them on eBay now. So Yeah, yeah. So is this, does this mean that we can look forward to a sequel now to The Black Hole? We can only hope, because I think I was the one guy that loved The Black Hole. <laughs> I love The Black Hole. What year was The Black Hole? 79, Lou? 1979. Now, in, yeah, in, the late, years early. in the late 70s and early 80s, I mean, The Mouse House was basically in the toilet. You know, like Disney's rep was horrible. Uh, I mean, in the late 80s, that's the whole renaissance, but Tron came out at a time where Disney wasn't very, very cool, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that the company was going through a a very difficult time, Um, certainly both internally and and what they were producing both on screen and things like that. There was a lot of sort of turmoil and change and things like that, and you're right. It wouldn't be until a couple years after Tron comes out that changes with Eisner coming in and changes with how and, and the types of movies that they're producing really sort of reinvigorates the company. Lou, do you talk about it not being the best live-action film that Disney ever did? What, in your mind, would be some of the best live-action films that Disney did? Oh, it's got to be Condor Man, by far. <laughs> oh, my God, that's another <laughs> What year was Condor Man? That's another bet. That came in, like, late 70s. I remember seeing that piece of crap in the theater. 81. Yeah. Yeah, it was 81. No, it's got to be, like, uh, Escape from Witch Mountain. Like, those were awesome. I still don't understand. No deposit, no return? How about that, Lou? Come on. Hey, Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah. You, you. Uh, Mary Poppins. You're such a homer. Come on. How about the Apple Dumpling Gang? Something like that. (laughs) 
Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Was yeah, but Disney are we are we giving that to Disney though? Or you, I guess we have to, but that was like that weird we gotta hybrid. Give it to Disney. But that was a Disney movie. Yeah, I yeah. know. They claim it. That was a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Poppins is a great answer. You got I guess you gotta do that. But mm-hmm. no no no, I got mine. I have my absolute best live action. I have like the triple disc or whatever it is. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you, there you go. go. I was Thank hoping you. one of you guys would mention that. Absolutely. Yeah, I might. And you know what? I have two daughters, seven and three, and they love that. Of course, I have to fast forward to the squid part, and then that's uh, about yeah. all they you know, like to see. Lou, you're Lou, you're like a you're a huge fan of Disney. I, I can. My first memory of Disney is actually going on that ride, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and having it scare the living hell out of me. That was great. Yeah, I, I totally bought into it. I totally bought into the fact that it, you were in a sub and you were going underwater and. You know, there was, like, real danger going on because what happened if, if we sprung a leak? And it wasn't until I was, like, 40 that I realized that, that you really weren't. Yeah. yeah. I wish, why don't they bring that ride back? I miss that ride. Well, the ride had a lot of problems uh, maintenance-wise uh, as far as disabled accessibility, getting in and out. Mm-hmm. The one in, in California is still there. Uh, they just sort of rethemed it to Finding Nemo. And it's beautiful. They totally they gutted the lagoon a number of years ago, and it's gorgeous. But the one in Disney World, uh, they had a lot of problems with it. It was slow loading. Uh, again, the, the ADA problems and things like that. Um, tough to maintain. Really, really tough to maintain. Lou, last question for you. Now that Tron Legacy is out and there's uh, talks of maybe another sequel, will Disney World or Disneyland finally give credit where credit is due and make a Tron ride? That's been the rumor for a long time. And look, you know, Disney has so much invested in this. You know, we talked about little things like the Toronto Rail. We talked about how much they've been marketing this film for so many years. I think that based on the way Imagineering goes and how long it takes to get an attraction in development, I have a feeling that they've probably been developing an idea for a Tron attraction for a long time. And based on how Tron Legacy and potentially any sequels might do, I think that you would see it. I think that there's a, a good chance to see uh, a Tron Legacy attraction or some sort of Tron coming into the parks. There was, there was supposed to be a Tron arcade back at Epcot in, in back in 1982 when the film first came out. In Disney's eyes, it didn't do well enough to justify it. Now I think with this renewed interest, I think a lot of people would be jazzed up to see, look, a virtual light cycle ride. Yeah, light cycles. That's what I was thinking watching both movies. Like, I mean, by far the most exciting part of both movies. I mean, they could even do that with sort of, a, I mean, you know, a, a, some sort of virtual reality thing where you sit in somewhere. I want to go on a light cycle. Yeah, that's what, look, that's what we've wanted to do since 1982. Every kid has imagined, you know, being on a bicycle, that they were on a light cycle. So they could easily do some sort of... Uh, robotic arm simulator kind of thing so makes perfect sense thanks Lou for your time we uh, always excited to hear you Lou, your we podcast can, yeah. at uh, www.radio.com guys thanks so much really appreciate it Thank you, Lou Mangello. Go visit Lou on Facebook at WW Radio. And um, if you're a Disney fan, it's not a better source for that stuff. You know, if we had like 10 more minutes with Lou, I would have like bounced some of my amazing Tron trivia off of him. Well, you're going to have to sell uh, for me, my friend. Okay. Uh, you know the character uh, Dillinger or Sark, who is played by the great David Warner? I love David Warner. He's great in everything he does, too. Guess who was originally approached to play that role? Jack Nicholson. Peter O'Toole. Really? Peter O'Toole, uh, the great Peter O'Toole. But you know O'Toole. what? After reading the script, he only wanted to play the Tron character. Really? He wanted the Boxleitner character? Yeah. yeah. No, no kidding. Boxleitner looked great, by the way, in the sequel. He did. I, I want to age I that be, well. Yeah, I want to be Bruce. Yeah, yeah. That's not, yeah. Really, that's not a really modern name, though. Yeah. The only two Bruces I can think of are Bruce Jenner. Bruce Banner. Yeah, see? All 70s. Doesn't yeah. work. Bruce Valanche. Bruce Lee. <laughs> Okay, speaking of this, now Cindy Morgan, a.k.a. Lacey Underall. Love Cass- Cindy Morgan. From Caddyshack, who, you know, also Falcon Crest, uh, played the role of Laura versus, uh, Yori as she was in the game. Yeah. I love how you say all these names like a straight face. You buy into the sci-fi stuff Of course so I do. Much. If you don't, then why are you even watching it? If you don't buy Come into on, the sci-fi. Give me, give me your uh, Cindy Morgan trivia. Another actress who was approached for that role, Deborah Harry. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, she would have been good. I think she would have been great. In she would have been role. good. We should give a shout out to Olivia Wilde, who plays Cora in oh. Tron Legacy, oh. and she is so incredibly ridiculously hot. She plays one of the ISOs. Should we give away the ISO twist? <laughs> no. Okay. You don't want to go into the ISOs. Anyway, Olivia Wilde is, uh, and that's another great stroke of genius on the new Disney. Like, put this like, on stroke. Oh, uh, why? It's a Disney show. Why I'm would you sorry? do such a thing? I'm talking about the Billy. Wa- the- All right, give me more trivia. Uh, Cindy Morgan, uh, years later, would trade her costume in in Tron for a what? You mean she traded? She traded, traded it in for a brand new Lexus. Really? Yep. Oh. Why not? Why not? Uh, Alan B. Dupont, the inventor of the monitor, the computer monitor, mm-hmm. in the year 1920, he lends his name to the character Dumont. Yes, played by Bernard Hughes. Yeah, great. Who, poor Bernard Hughes in the first Tron has the worst. Whoever was the costume designer hated Bernard Hughes and gave him the dumbest looking thing. Yeah. He actually looks like uh, a man's swollen genitals. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I had to say it. It's an awful outfit. Yeah. Sorry. Clue, by the way, is actually the name of a programming language uh, from the uh, mid 70s. So you, I didn't know pre- that. Pre- I, d- I had no idea. All this trivia is new to me. Predates me. Tron is actually an o- acronym for a computer program that uh, uh, Trace Program On is what it stands for. Hmm. So it makes sense that Tron would be looking for information in the system. Uh, Alan Bradley, the character that Bruce Boxleitner plays, yeah. that's the brand name of a line of uh, equipment manufactured by Rockwell Automation. My so every Spears, you really did your research on so this. So every little thing in this movie for the most part, is I a take nod. it all back. I take it all back. Tron, the original Tron genius. <laughs> Jeez. You know what else is genius? The, the Seggies. Hey, hey, reader mailbag time. Yes. You know what? 2011, I'm going to not say hey, hey anymore. Really? When find well, people ca- love that. No, they don't. I'm pretty sure it annoys people. I'm sure people no, get real angry. No, they want that hey, hey. I bet some people have it as their uh, ringtone. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You're with their wake-up call. Hey, 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 hey. That would be learned to hate you. Yeah, it really would be annoying. Yeah, yeah. I have to hear it all the time. So, You know, when Steve and I are out and about, like, and we see somebody at lunch, you do that to them. <laughs> I say, hey, 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 hey. Like, that's your thing. That's what you hide behind. Like, I'm normal. I'm like, hey, how you doing, Larry? Good to see you. You're like, hey. <laughs> but that's all you give them. And then you're like such a social misfit, you just shut down. You have nothing after that. <laughs> is this, is this, this is a part of the show where you're building me up or tearing me down. Because sometimes it's hard to tell. <laughs> All right. Here we go. This is from Frock Todd, a.k.a. Thaddeus in Nashville. Uh, Frock Todd, is that uh, uh, some sort of Tron name? Is that like a computer program? Yeah, I believe he dies in the Frock end of the first one. He's played by Steve Gutenberg. Frock Todd, no! Look out for the... Grid. All right. Hey, Steve and Sean. I really, really enjoyed the latest podcast about Queen and their album, The Game. Let me just go back, Steve, and say that Queen podcast, one of my favorite of all time. And we've done 675 shows, <laughs> one of my favorite of all time. Really? Why? Yeah. What was it about it? The fact that I just you got think... to mock one of my previous relationships? No. I the mean, fact that you got fun. to Google my last girlfriend? Which, 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 what is, tell me what it was. Condo Girl? Remember Condo oh, Girl? Oh, I do. I do. She went quiet on me. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I don't give off a good first impression. Creepy. That's the word I've heard. No. Yep. I'm creepy. I'm like the least creepy guy in the world. Come on. What do you do? I am a charming M. When you meet and you somebody, know that. So you gotta, people got to understand this. When Sean Spears, meets a if, woman. If, if someone had to choose who eyes. is creepier, me or you, you're the creepy no, one. I'm the sullen. I'm the quiet, shy guy. Oh, sullen. Nobody, I'm, I'm, Mr. I'm, I'm Mr. Laughs. I'm like a talk the, uh... show host, and you know that. No, you, you, you do Roger Rabbit on women when they walk up to you. You're like, Aruga. And you know, That's adorable. It's Roger adorable. Rabbit is it's creepy. Cuddly. It's, it's not creepy. You know what? The only thing missing is the saliva you know flying out of your here's mouth. Here's the thing. First of all, I don't do that. And second of all, people who say that, like that, 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 that broad, <laughs> you chick. said that chick, that dame, damsel who said didn't like me or sean's a one-trick pony it's like you know what people who don't get it too bad you know these girls are social misfits too i'm furious i'm so angry right now i'm not weird at all i'm america's sweetheart i'm on tv i'm on your television i'm in your in your newspapers i'm cuddly and warm <laughs> oh yeah i didn't want to read this stupid frock todd letter <laughs> 
Rock Todd. When I was in eighth grade, my family lived in Cambridge, England for six months. This was back in the 70s before MTV. I would listen to Radio Caroline and religiously watch Top of the Pops every Thursday evening. It was on an episode of Top of the Pops that I first saw and heard Queen. They performed their song Killer Queen from Sheer Heart Attack. It blew me away, and I was a dedicated fan from then on. When we returned to the States, I kept raving to my friends about this great group called Queen, and they would just look at me blankly, much like Steve looks at Sean. Of course, just one year later, A Night at the Opera was released, and the rest is history. As to the question of great frontmen of the 80s, I would add Dave Gahan of Depeche Mode to the list. Think about it. When they performed, the other three guys were hunched over keyboards, so all the focus was on Dave. He had to really put himself out there to engage the audience, and he did time after time. Hey, let me stop you there because you know that was the show where we asked. We had the question, best frontman of all time, whether it was Freddie Mercury or somebody else. And you picked Bono, Bono. and I picked Freddie. Uh, we had a lot of people who wrote in who were just outraged that we didn't mention Bruce Springsteen. It's, no, he's it's uh, no no because, no no because Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan they're singular. I'm sorry, I know you have the E Street Band, but uh, frontman, I'm thinking band. Uh, frontman, uh, you know I'm what? Thinking that's band. that's I'm the not... first thing I've agreed with you on today. Go on, creepy. I'm, I am. I am like a, a warm, I'm like Mr. Belvedere. I'm like a warm sitcom character. Now, Mr. Belvedere is about the creepiest sitcom character there <laughs> you know, ever that, was. And that's just like you. And you know what, Steve? You and the people you date, you know, I mean, you're this. The, you're a subculture, and that's great. I'm not saying that it's any better or worse than the rest of us, but really, you look at guys like me, and you don't understand it. And I don't know if it's, if it's jealousy or it's, it's disdain. I don't know what that is, but I'm the least creepy guy in the world. That's fine. That's fine. But really, you the people you hang out with, you know, that's cool. You you're probably in a weird, you know, parallel universe. You're the cool people, all right? I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I'm not creepy. I'm furious right now. And my fury Gee, that was not my intention whatsoever. D bag. I've been catching up on the archive podcast. I'm up to one twenty nine. Jesus, 129. That's the music in Movies of Summer. Oh, that's a good one. You love that one. Oh, I feel like God. I know you guys really well, even though we've never met. Does it feel weird to listen to old podcasts and hear yourselves talking and joking about aspects of your lives that are completely different now? <laughs> Let me tell you right now. <laughs> Steve and I, um, yeah, we achieve a sort of homeostasis. We don't really change that much. The stories change. The stories change, but our tears stay the same. Do we even listen to old ones? I don't listen to new ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fractod. So uh, anyway, uh, Fractod says he remains stuck in the 80s and that he loves us more and more each day. Thank you uh, for your letter. Uh, it was much appreciated. And Steve says the letter bin is a little thin yeah. these days. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Why is that? Maybe when it's the holidays. Yeah. I don't Ooh, know. Oh, really? You think Frank we... Todd's right, though. I mean, I go back and I listen to some of the old ones. I don't go back to like the really ancient ones. In fact, when people tell me that they just started listening to the show, I usually counsel them: don't go below a certain like the first fifty or so, or just kind of yeesh. And but then we start to hit our yeah, stride. But you know what? There's some good ones in those first fifty because you have the mixtapes and ACDC versus Guns N' Roses, which is where a lot of people start. That's like the modern era. <laughs> I love that. So like and then anything Boat before Spearsy. that is is Steamboat Spearsy, but um. Uh, episode one twenty nine, music and movies of the of the summer. If I'm if, if I'm ever feeling blue, which hardly ever happens to no, me, no, never, never. Uh, that that show will cure it. That is like that really is, that is the Prozac of stuck in the eighties. Wow, uh, you know, if you want a sad weepy show, well, we got plenty of those. Sad weepy ones, yeah. breakup show. What breakup was sad and weepy besides that? Oh, uh, we had see. some. Oh, John Hughes ones kind of sad. The John Hughes, John Hughes show is sad. We won an award for that. Yep. Um. So. And uh, what else is weepy? Somehow my breakup show is like rollicking and like because you, joie de vivre. nothing is sincere or, or serious to you. <gasps> and that's why people think you're creepy. People think you only have half a heart. You know, you know here's the thing. He, I, I, you know, I don't you know how mean joy. I should be right now. Not to you, but the, the, the bad information you get. And you talk to certain women who, who, who you love the fact, who the, the, this rare, like, 3% of women who don't find me incredibly charming and attractive. And they're like, he's a jerk. He's blah, blah, blah. Because they know that I would never hit it off with them. So even though they've never met me before, they, they have some weird 
Counter Strike, and they put me down. And it's like it's like mana to your ears. You love hearing that. I don't love hearing yes, it. Yes, you do. You click your mother heels when you because you love it. Like finally, you know. And then they love up on you. No, that is true. exactly no. the truth. No, tell the people where they can send these stupid letters. <laughs> you know what? 2011. You're reading the letters. Yeah. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna check my BlackBerry. <laughs> oh yeah, great one, Smiley from Wisconsin. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna say. Don't be picking on Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Anyway, as always, you can send those letters to iheartspearsy at tampabay.com. Yo, that is like a, a prerequisite of you dating someone. How do you what? feel about Sean Daly? I hate him. I've he, never he, asked that question. He's creepy. <gasps> we marry me. You love that. <laughs> really. If a girl happens to think that I have like positive qualities, off your list. Off your list. You know, I would say... There's a certain amount of truth to that. Yes, which is I can't. You know what? God bless you for admitting that. God bless you it's, for admitting that. It's it's and, it, and here's the reason why it's true. We don't. We do not attract this. We are not attracted to the same type of women. No, we do not attract the same so type of women, and we are not attracted to the same. Right. Type of women. So hence, if I find out that someone is attracted to you. I'm immediately I, I'm immediately off their radar. Yeah, because no, because it's some sort of negative. Like you think they're like vapid, or you think they're yeah. you know. But aside from that, I just I'd rather you know I tend to get along with people who don't like you, you so like much. You, yeah. I, 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 I mean that in a nice that. way. No, it's not nice at all. I, let's move on. These stupid. I'm seggies. just trying to be economical. What with number our time. show is this? What number show is it? Say it. I don't even know. <laughs> I think it's two twenty. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Here we go. What's happening, hot stuff? Yes, the gong is like, like this is going to stop the hostility. You think that we go into a new segi, and I'm suddenly going to forget what I was talking about. Who's the guy who hated when we fight? There's so many things to hate about this <laughs> show today. The, our, the fighting, the Tron. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Tron. I mean, you know, your whole thing about science fiction just really irritates no, there me. There are some science fiction. I like the Star Wars movies, the first three or whatever they are. But, the, but what Blade Runner doesn't do anything. I, for I you? have it on DVD, dumbass. I love Blade Runner. I love Ridley Scott. That's why I like the Alien better than Aliens. Okay. He probably cried at Avatar. I never saw Avatar. Yeah. Oh, and you're a pop culture editor. Wow, awesome. <laughs> God, you are an SOP today. Oh, you stop it! Sometimes you get this look in your eyes like you're so hurt. Oh, look, you're really pounding right now. Oh, and all of a sudden your phone is lighting up. Six women who hate my guts are calling you right now. Please. Jeez. One trick uh. pony. I'm still ticked off about that. Never even met the woman you're talking about. Never even met her. And she's, she's making these, these, these value judgments on me. That fear infuriates me. <laughs> I feel really good this show now. I feel good now. Let's have a good show. The, hatred. the last 10 minutes, let's really do yeah. it. If you just tuned in, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, as always, we'll play a snippet of a movie from the A's. If you can get it right, um, tis the season, so I'm sending out band stickers. I'm signing. Uh, I'm going to sign the names of people who don't like Sean to them and just send them <laughs> off. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Oh, lordy. I don't want to bust out of here and find nothing but a lot of cold circuits waiting for me. Yes, obviously it's Tron, because I knew. You know, you always know. He always. Knows. You know, it's funny. I don't know. This is our last show of the year. I don't know what our next show is going to be. So I don't even know if there will be another show. I don't think. Why don't you bring in one of your Spearzets, who hates me so much, and put them in this seat? Let's see what kind of job they can do. Sitting here fawning all over you. We tried that once before. It was a total disaster. Yeah. For like eight shows. Oh God, eight longest shows of my life. That was such a Yoko moment. You I did. Know. You almost shang. You shanghai the entire show because of your penis. You know what? I overlooked my penis, and I just try to dole out quality entertainment to America. Yeah. And yet I'm dubbed creepy. Hey, I don't one trick pony. Biggest mistake in stuck in the '80s history. Okay, I admit it. Well, that and the Tom Wopat show. <laughs> yeah. Read the Vegas, winners. Oh, all right, yeah. Uh, the winners of this week's mystery movie moment are The Professor, Matt Kimber, Mark Harmon's Nipples, Mike Z in Pasadena, Kevin Wench, Marty Yu, Pinhead, James Crabwalk Crabtree, Jason in Troy, New York, and the lovely and talented and verbose Jason. I think Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special is the greatest spe Christmas special ever and think you should do a show about 80s Christmas specials. Majak. 
God damn. Yeah. How many times do you use the word special? <clears throat> Not special He's at a all. Special listener. I think it's May Jack. What do you think about that one? Me Jack. <laughs> Me Jack, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, what's our next mystery movie moment? Pay attention. Here it comes. I can hold my breath for a long time. <laughs> if you know it, email us at stuckintheaze at tempe.com and then tune in next year to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. You know, maybe we should retire one seggy for 2011. Should no, it be this one? Isn't this our signature segment? I, I think know. we should add about three more. I think forget oh, about gosh. any sort of content. Hysterical, historical should... happenings. <laughs> I, think we should, I think we should just do seggies. I think every fourth show should be the seggy show. Should People get a little blast. They get 20, 25 minutes of seggies. We're in, we're out. We would need a theme song just for the seggy shows. I can't think of any 80s songs that like scream seggies. <laughs> That's probably what's going on. Okay. Ready? Here's last week's 80s tune. That's the Cutter by Echo and the Bunnymen. A lot of winners this week, Steve. Yeah, I didn't fool anybody with that one. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You tried to throw a fastball by them, and they crushed it over the fence. Um, the winners are Derek Lane Waters, Stacy in St. Pete, Dangerous Dan from Chino Hills, Coop in L.A., Sean in the U.K., the legend Steve McLame, Eric, a.k.a. Flamethrower in Cincinnati, Jason, a.k.a. Less Than Jace, Chris from St. Louis, and... The most adorable couple down under, Andy and Billy from Melbourne, Australia. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckinnaves at tippy.com. God, it sounded bad. Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. PPTMN. Ooh, that was good. We were on it that time. Here's what, I wanna do, here's what I want to do in um, 2011. I want to do, and I've told you this before, I want to do a podcast. You know like, what you should do in 2011? I don't mean like like stop your momentum, but you, snip, snip is what you should do in 2011. Get a vasectomy? Yeah. And oh, we I could see. video podcast it. <laughs> uh, vasectomies in the 80s? Yeah. I think I have some more uh, birth in the do. Oh, look at that look on your face like, oh my God. I've <laughs> scared away more women. It's like that scene in Matrix. No. Oh, no. Not this way. Um, this is the letter I was talking about. You ready? Yeah, yeah. This guy's furious. Dear Daly and Spears, when are you two ever going to stop arguing about everything going on in your lives, including your personal opinions on what you don't like about something? This has been completely getting old ever since the summer. Wow. This is, by the way, hurts. this is from uh, Logan. Logan in Willimantic, Connecticut. And Logan is furious that you and I don't get along. Well, let me tell you two things, Logan. One, it's real, genuine. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of times. Steve and I, we love each other very much, like brothers. Uh, I imagine I'm the only child, and maybe that's why I crave the attention and friendship of Steve Spears, but also why I push it away. Right? We wouldn't be us. There wouldn't be a stuck in the '80s if Steve and I didn't hate each other's guts sometimes. <laughs> yeah. The creative tension. What do you want? Do you want some two might, guys? Some might even say homoeroticism <laughs> is what drives us to be great. And drives us to give you quality entertainment day in and day out. Yeah. Or at least twice a month. I would, I would say that 99% of our listenership tunes in because we hate each other. <laughs> you know what? You might be right. But I think hate, 95% hate, 5% love. Yeah. As long as we love each other a little bit, you know, but still mainly hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you're right, and uh, you put this up on our Facebook page, Stuck in the 80s Facebook page, which if you haven't joined, please join. It's yeah. really good. Um, and people really came to our defense about that's what makes the show. And the thing is, it's genuine. Like we could, We're not good actors. Yeah. 
You know? We have no notes. We have, we have, we notes. have no like, notes. Like I know Cindy Morgan. Yeah. But I mean, if you think that I'm making up stuff, and about our fights I'll also say our fights, our disagreements, our debates. I don't want to. You know, debates. Sometimes there's merit to our discussions. Our debates um, are 100 percent, almost 100 percent, um, totally off the cuff. We have no idea that we're going to disagree on something. Usually they stem from something we never saw coming. Right? Right. Like your birthing thing. That's even more creepy. That might be the creepiest thing ever. I'm I'm only 40. You're only 40? Let's go, ladies. You're changing diapers when you're 60. You're going to be like Larry King. I'm going to have a 20-year-old? Creepy old man dating a 18. You'll be like 60 years old. Like, you know, popping out kids with some 18-year-old girl. Everyone feels so bad for Hugh Hefner. Come on. You know what? You know, I'm just sitting here. I'm trying to oh, grab the, the reins. I'm, I'm trying to I'm grab. Just, it's just now starting to cue. You think of yourself as a Hugh Hefner. You know, I got to tell the people out there, and I'll get around to this. Uh, maybe we'll do a show on it. But I'm reading this amazing book. Actually, it's really sorted and wrong. But it's on Warren Beatty. It's a 600-page book on Warren Beatty about his his conquests and loves through the years. It's you got to read it next. It's going to, especially as we are about to embark on our, you know, on 2011. Yeah, because 2011, we officially allow women back in our lives, right? Maybe I already have, Steve. (laughs) Maybe, my ass. Anyway, PPTMN. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. No, wait now. So I say you're Hugh Hefner, and you sort of say, no, you're Warren Beatty. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we were talking about, first of all, uh, I'm not going to get into this. I'll take it. I'll take the goot. People say he's hilarious. I was really defending defending him there. Yeah, go ahead, ask the question. lady love. No, I'm just saying. Hey, I'm not. I'm not shut off to. You know, I love my daughters very much. Who knows what's going to happen? It's a. Who knows what's going to happen in the next chapter of my life? You're not too young to 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 have a, a kid. Too young? No, I know I'm not too young to have a kid. You're not too young. Not too old. Too old. <laughs> Whatever. You know I'm what I was too saying. Old. I'm not having kids. No, you're not. If you were, so what? They'd be in college when you were. Uh, let me do the math. 61. I can barely get out of bed today. Well, you know you what? Know, we're going to work on that in, in 2011. We're gonna, you and I are going to get healthier. We're going to embrace Let's start jogging in the morning. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's what we're walking need. briskly. Two 80s podcasters found dead this morning in each other's arms along the streets of uh, North St. Petersburg. Anyway, despite Logan's bitterness, he does Logan have a question. Will, he does have a PPTMN. My PPTMN question is what actor or actress would you want to talk about to discuss their 80s filmography ever since you talked about Michael Keaton almost five years ago? If so, can you please never argue again for the next few podcasts? Well, no. We already let you down, Logan, but we've also said your name like five times, and I have a feeling that Michael a little way to, <laughs> to making you feel better. But no, let's answer. Okay, what actor or actress? We're going to give it another Michael Keaton treatment. Um, uh, go ahead, Spears. You go first. The, the first thing that pops into my mind is Eddie Murphy. Awesome. Um, because he had such an interesting journey during the 80s. I mean, you, he starts with, I think, uh, 48 Hours would have been his first. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Beverly Hills Cops movies. You've got um, Trading Places. Yeah. And then you have Golden Child. And suddenly people are like, eh. I mean, I, I, I like the Golden Child. Do, do the... I, 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 I want the knife. I, I liked it. I know I, what I they were Gold- trying to do with Golden Child. Yeah. You know? I, it didn't. They didn't quite pull it off, but it yeah. could have. could have been great. But if you want to talk about someone who's Mister Eighties film wise, it's hard to beat Eddie Murphy. Who would yeah. you pick? Um, yeah, I feel bad. We're going all comedians. Uh, John. <laughs> well, oh, who's that? That's Eddie Murphy's laugh, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's a great impression. Uh, I would take John Candy. <laughs> have we done John Candy yet? I've always wanted to do a John Candy. Um, John Candy. Well, I don't think we. God, correct. Correct us if we're wrong. We kind of did Carl Weathers. <laughs> I love the Carl Weathers interview. That was this year. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. And I, I want to do Rodney Dangerfield. I want to do Rodney and Grandfather in uh, Caddyshack. Or wait, well, Caddyshack was 80, right? It was 80. Oh, then we only have to Grandfather. Look, we got, we got Caddyshack. We got Back to School. Easy Money. Easy. Oh, I love Easy Money. Can't we do that? Uh, All see, the I'm trying to think that's only three. He's got to be another one. How about, you know who I want to, uh, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. And, you know, God bless him. I saw a picture of him recently, and he looks great. He looks like he's, he's healthy because he's got young kids and a young wife. But I'd like to do a Michael Douglas show. Well, that'd be interesting. Uh, you see, you got a Jewel of the Nile, Romancing the Stone, I love Wall Romancing. Street. Romancing the Stone is one of the great, Star en- Chamber. purely entertaining movies. Star Chamber. Uh, what else you got? 
Fatal Attraction. Uh, fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction is like the the, the that's going to be the keystone of our show. Yeah, that like movie. Still, I hope he's. I hope he's. Um, I think he's doing much better now. I don't think we'll have to be doing a special show on him anytime soon. Uh, but Michael Douglas would be a real. I find him a pretty interesting actor. Yeah, he is. Great time on the show. God, I wouldn't even know what to say to him. As always, you can send your uh, PPTMNs in. Uh, just drop us an email. But remember, put PPTMN in the subject line. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever. Only at TampaBay.com. We're back. And you know what else I'd like to see back? I'd like to see Tron back. I want to see Tron 3. Or better yet, I want to see Tron made into a, a weekly series on the Sci-Fi Network. You said that. Like, right in the middle of the movie. Like, you're the chattiest guy in the world in the movie. He's like, look at that. That's amazing. And I jerk awake like, oh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> Borg. You're like, what? I go back to sleep again. <laughs> um, and you know what I'd like to see? If there is a, a sequel or a, a, a whatever you call it, a third, I'll just see Cindy Morgan return. Yeah. And let's get her on the show. That's my PPTMN question. Cindy Morgan in the 80s. <laughs> she's going to be. Special 15 minute <gasps> show. <gasps> she's going to be my Debbie Foreman. You have nice, pure, innocent uh, Debbie Foreman. And then Cindy Morgan will be my uh, touchstone. Dirty, filthy yes. touchstone. Ah, oh, dirty, dirty, seen, filthy touchstone. Never, That's the name of my autobiography. Yeah, I've never seen you this happy ever. I know, I know. Let's go out on a high note. I love you, Steve Spears. No more fighting. No more fighting. No, no, no more fighting. I leave you with the theme song from Tron Legacy, redone by the great Daft, Daft Punk. Punk. Meanwhile, Sean Daly, myself, Cindy Morgan, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the eighties. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. End of line.